Vladimir Lenin. Could be called him Vladdy for short. Known for his famous quotes concerning the way that economies of scale seem to be scaled like so many fish. Famous for saying freedom in capitalist society always remains about the same as it was in ancient Greek republics. Freedom for slave owners. The best way to destroy the capitalist system is to debauch its currency. The way to crush the bourgeoisie is to grind them between the millstones of taxation and inflation. Vladdy also spouted things like, it is true that liberty is precious, so precious that it must be carefully rationed. The most important thing when ill is to never lose heart. He also said there are no morals in politics, there is only expedience. A scoundrel may be of use to us just because he is a scoundrel. But perhaps the most important quote that applies to this podcast is the one that goes like this. If you want to control the opposition, wait for it. Lead it yourself. And that's what this podcast is going to be looking into. The way that the opposition is actually just right along with the mainstream kind of like the other or if you're rowing a boat as long as you're leading the boat yourself stay tuned it's bound to be a barn burner <laughs> perhaps if we don't lose control along the way Are we ready? I am because it's all about control We have a concentration of power in Silicon Valley, a very small area of the world that is the greatest concentration of surveillance and censorship power the world has ever seen. The question of how and why the United Nations is the crux of the great conspiracy to destroy the sovereignty of the United States and the enslavement of the American people within a UN one world dictatorship is a complete and unknown mystery to the vast majority of the American people. The reason for this unawareness of the frightening danger to our country and to the entire free world is simple. Life's simple. all of our mass communications media, especially television, the radio, the press, and Hollywood. We all know that our State Department, the Pentagon, and the White House have brazenly proclaimed that they have the right and the power to manage the news, 
to tell us not the truth, but what they want us to You believe. can't handle the truth! They have seized that power on orders from their masters of the great conspiracy. But a lot of people have said in response to that, a few people can't control the world, there's too many people, it's not possible. Well now we have, which you could probably get on 10 fingers, that control Google, control YouTube, owned by Google, control Facebook, that absolutely dominate the information that most people see or don't see. I need control. We all need control. General mask wearing probably won't help because what's needed is the sophisticated N95 mask. If it's your masked friend you're thinking about, he's no longer in a position to interfere. He's dead. People are sheep. They need a shepherd to guide them. And when they resist, they're slaughtered. The insidious aspect about community spread is that it's spread in the community and you don't know who is infecting who. You want change with no sacrifice. You want peace with no struggle. The world doesn't work like that. Look at all those people down there. They follow the rules for what? They're letting fear lead them. We have a concentration of power in Silicon Valley, a very small area of the world, that is the greatest concentration of surveillance and censorship power the world has ever seen. Dark times call for extreme measures. You may find it hard to believe, but I am serving the greater good. You can stick your coronavirus up your ass. You can stick your coronavirus up your ass. You can stick your coronavirus. Don't know them proven liars. Stick your coronavirus up your ass. The United States is invading South Vietnam, as it was. This kind of the dictatorship of the future, I think, will be very unlike the dictatorships which we've been familiar with in the immediate past. This is Aldous Huxley, a man haunted by a vision of hell on earth. A searing social critic, Mr. Huxley, though, wrote Brave New World, a novel that predicted that someday the entire world would live under a frightful dictatorship. I mean, take another book prophesying the future, uh, which was a very remarkable book, uh, George Orwell's 1984. Long live Big Brother! Well, this book was written at the height of the Stalinist regime. There he foresaw a dictatorship using entirely the methods of terror, the methods of physical violence. Now, I think well, what is going to happen in the future is the dictators will find, as the old saying goes, that you can do everything with bayonets except sit on them. That if you want to preserve your power indefinitely, you have to get the consent of the ruled. And this they will do, partly by drugs, by drug, by drug, by drug. Side effects may include, but are not limited to, depression, drug, drowsiness, itchy throat, drug, high blood pressure, low blood sugar, drug, 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 heartburn, bad breath, athlete's foot, drug, acid reflux, gingivitis, upset stomach, blurred vision, drug, cotton mouth, sore throat, sore down syndrome, drug, bankruptcy, back problems, gout, drug, 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 temporary blindness, heart failure, dyslexia, Drug. Total shutdown of vital organ paralysis, neurocorrosion, seizures, AIDS, lung drowning, by drug, by drug, kidney failure, testicle erosion, change in skin pigmentation, dwarfism, moderate to severe Crohn's disease, cardiac arrest, detached retina, loss of teeth, peeling skin, death, depression, anal leakage, loss of eyelids, 
prescribed drug, 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 drug. Sperm deficiency. It's time you took control of your life. Don't turn down another invitation. Ask your doctor about antihistamine today. Took us five years to find a non-addictive drug, one we could pay off against the hard drug, LSD. You marketed that. Oh, yes, of course. And for a very good reason. Some of these protest movements are getting a little bit too close to the mark. LSD gave them nice little hallucinations, made them talk like three-year-olds, throw flowers at policemen. As I foresaw in, uh, in Brave New World, partly by these uh, new techniques of, uh, uh, of propaganda. For only by maintaining the strain and tension of continual conflict could the ruling parties enforce absolute power. Breaking news tonight, the next push to reopen more than half the country to loosen restrictions tomorrow as demonstrators demand states move even faster. The new pushback to the protests and why some areas are now reversing their face mask orders. Is it getting worse? The deadliest 24 hours in America yet. The states now seeing cases surge and the hospital that says it was their worst day ever. War of words, the Trump administration ramping up its accusations against China. I can tell you that there is a significant amount of evidence that this came from that laboratory in Wuhan. The U.S. now threatening to retaliate. Here comes the big boss. Let's get it on. They will do it by bypassing the sort of rational side of man and appealing to his subconscious and his deeper emotions. We don't say scare, we say uh, threaten them emotionally. And there are all sorts of ways, of do not just the big ones like the hydrogen bomb. Overcrowd them a little with bad planning, sell them too many motor cars, anything to keep them a little bit removed from reality. Nowadays people don't work for money, they work for the idea of money. They don't even love for love, they love for the idea of love. They only hate for the idea of hate. And his physiology even. And so making him actually love his slavery. I mean, I think this is the danger, that actually people may be in some ways happy under the new uh, regime. Manufacturing consent, the political economy of the mass media. But they will be happy in a situation where they oughtn't to be happy. If uh, the Nuremberg Laws were applied, uh, then every post-war American president would have been hanged. The Bible is one of probably the most genocidal book in our total canon. Education is a system of imposed ignorance. No more morality in world affairs fundamentally than there was in the time of Genghis Khan. Just different factors to be concerned with. Help I take a bite out of crime. The best political leaders are the ones who are lazy and corrupt. I mean, the biggest international terror operations that are known are the ones that are run out of Washington. What is it to be in control anyway? Why do we have to feel this need to be in control of others? It could be problematic, but self-control is something that can be very valuable. Unfortunately, what a lot of people do is they give up their control to the hands of those who they perceive to be more, shall we say, worthy? Worthy of being in control because of an authoritative persona, perhaps, that they purvey over the lives of those who feel they're inadequate for control. Where did all this begin, anyway?
I've spoken about this in previous podcasts that the source creator of all way before religion government and even materialism if you can imagine yourself being in what's called a sensory deprivation tank and for those of you who do not know what that is I'll give a brief explanation imagine a hot tub with a lid over it and salt water at a very ambient temperature and you're floating in it with the lid shut darkened and perhaps some type of ear plugs or not if it's a soundproof tank and you're not eating anything and in a while lying in that water you'll tend to lose perception of feeling as well so hence the definition depriving of the five senses a sensory deprivation tank like a aquarium tank not a not a rommel or a, a world war ii tank the tank that elvis was protected in when he was in the army in germany imagine that you are the source creator of everything the originator of originals the beginning point the catalyst the start some might say the alpha as a beginning or starter and of course there is no time so you can't go forward or backward in time it's just kind of like what they call the eternal present or the eternal now so let's say for the first portion of this eternal now whatever that might be you are material less you as the source creator of all have not yet created materialism in this hypothetical scenario and there you be no senses just I guess sauteing bathing uh, revelating in your own wisdom and peace just content with who you are what you are but then of course like a source creator might do being a creator you get this wild hair idea to do something different maybe to share this serenity to share this peace but yet with whom or who or what and you just decide one day I'm gonna start making some stuff and BAM out of nowhere out of the cosmic void some might describe it out of a non-material nothingness some have described this as ex nihilo for something out of nothing uh, the writers of the biblical writ Old Testament have described it in the beginning part as let there be light and there was light but I would suggest even more than light let there before light existed let there be materialism how can you have plasma glowing from a sun or a moon if you don't have materials first upon which they can glow from so let's say let there be materialism of the material realm or the material plane because plainly that's what we're on now an unending land ocean ice mass that as we heard in episode 14 the universe goes on most likely forever in every direction with endless 
created beings, you might call them co-creators, or just, how about just creator? So, there you have it. You have now multiplied yourself as the source creator in your creation. And you've given it substance. You've given it weft and weave. You've given it yaw and pitch, air, light, mass, stone, marble, earth, titanium, steel, composites to come to be with the development of metallurgy and smithery. So all of these materials are now around. Endless civilizations, endless creator abounding. And no real need for a controlling of a mass. I think that was just a side effect of what was to come. When created creators began to spring up and realize their potential or their value or their cognition, their intellect, and they started purveying over the land masses of people and noticed that you know, certain people were not as, I guess, aware or cognitively inclined to be aware of their surroundings or their origins or even think in that direction. They just were. They were just there. But yet you find that you, as a created being, is now a uh, member of the creator class, you seem to have a little bit more observable skills, a little bit more cognition. Um, I think they used to say smarter than the average bear. So there you are, and you look over your land and your people and the, those around you. I don't know that you call them people at that point, but uh, there's the other creator. And then there's all this materialism around, and you start thinking to yourself, rather than where did I come from, what was before the material realm, and be content with that. Somehow, the ancient creators got a little sidetracked and began creating their own world, modifying it to their liking so that they could rule and reign and control those less than you, in your observation, less than you. And this less than mess is about cognition and awareness. So you have all these multiple numbers of others, yet you seem to be a little bit more on the ball than they are. And immediately see that controlling what they do could benefit you. And that, I believe, is where it all started. And I think it's where it all starts in all civilizations as they begin to progress when materialism came into be and the endless plane of existence and materially speaking earth the universe based on how the smarter than the average bear types decided to control or not control to share to join or to teach those civilizations were able to progress in certain ways let me give you an example today. We have what's called Big Petroleum. They always like to put the word big in front of these corporations. You know, big pharma, big medical, big government, big banks, whatever. 
So you've got this whole realm of bigness that you can label and recognize. But in the world of big oil, big petroleum, now for at least a hundred years, perhaps longer, largely most beings transport themselves, those who can't afford them, in these steel, sometimes uh, fiberglass, if you want to look at the Corvette, uh, carts with engines in them that burn mainly either a diesel or a gasoline type of fuel source. And inside the motors of the engines of these vehicles is a combustible engine that puts force into pistons and then turns crankshafts and then gets the energy to the wheels and turns the vehicle. Over a hundred years, these motors, these engines have been dependent to fire on this petroleum substance that we call gasoline or petroleum or uh, diesel fuel. Um, and it's just amazing that it's still going on. Now, granted, there are some little, uh, you know, hybrids and electric cars now popping up that were in existence back in the 18, uh, may I say, 1700s. There's even hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, cars that are propelled on compressed air. Um, and, but these are far and few between. They are not at all in the mainstream. They're there, and yeah, they're tolerated here and there. Every once in a while, you know, like the Tesla brand, you get, um, shall we say, a development of an alternative fuel source. It seems to be taking some wind under its wings. But the expense and also the design makes it out of reach for most people's budgets and practical uh, application into their transportation choice. But big petroleum, it seems that they don't want to relent in their hold on the industry that makes these vehicles. So that's the example I might give withholding technology, withholding development, keeping anything new or even cheaper out of reach and out of the view of those who could most benefit from it. That seems to be what's going on in these six continents that they call the globe, for lack of better terminology. Which leads us back to the concept of control. Controlling resources, controlling those who use them. But at the top, as you can see, this structure develops a very few who benefit and lead the control. This is not at all the optimal way for civilization to progress. Because other than these scattered about few examples I've mentioned in the rise of the electric vehicle now, mostly the industry is dependent on petroleum oil. And they are in control and have resources and military backing to make sure that no one oversteps their boundary in invention or design or trying to make another mainstream alternative fuel source and vehicle. 
it's all kept under control. At the beginning of the podcast, we mentioned Aldous Huxley's book, The Doors of Perception. His concern, the Mike Wallace interview, that one day the governments of the world might be in such control, a unique paradigm shift in dictatorship where those who are being controlled actually consent to it. They give their okay and even desire it. And I think that's what we've come to largely today, certainly in the United States, that people are welcoming their captors. I mean, when you put it that way, they probably would say, no, I'm not not being captured, but essentially that's the process. They're welcoming to have a ruling authority over them that can, in their mind's eye, protect them, lead them, keep them safe. In my travels about, I've been noticing these fibrous barriers on the front parts of everyone's heads that are mandated there by the corporate leaders who are suggested that this should be the way from the government authority. And all of these muzzles on oxes treading out the grain, to borrow an analogy from biblical writ, don't muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain. Treading out the grain, the grain that they would eat, and others, going around in a circle. Yeah, my take my yoke upon you. My uh, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Hmm. So these oxes and these yokes, really, it is a big yoke to me. To recycle carbon dioxide over and over, your own bacteria over and over for several hours while you're working and this is supposed to be healthy for you what a opposite i mean talk about controlling the opposition by leading it this is oppositional control of the leaders the workers the individuals the employees the crew members those on the lower end making this corporate machine actually happen, rubber meeting the road, are the ones suffering the most. And what really bothers me is to see this happen while someone's driving in their vehicle with the windows up and they still have these coverings on. It's just amazing. I can't believe it. Well, that's control for you, right? What is the difficulty in just doing your own thing. Why can't people just decide to be their own? I think largely it has to do with environmental toxins. The environment upon which someone lives in plays heavily on their cognition. The pineal gland inside of the brain area next to the pituitary gland in everyone. It's the target early on to try to get that to be coated over with whatever substance can be put in. Just the other day, I was taking a survey of breakfast cereals in all of the local stores, and I noticed that there was a wide variety of 
iron in cereal to cereal. For example, Kellogg's uh, Corn Flakes has a very high level, 18 milligrams in an eight ounce bowl, not including putting any kind of milk in it. And all the way down to Sugar Smacks with that little frog logo, only 0.5 milligrams and everything in between. I noticed that largely a lot of the women's targeted cereals, the Special K, all the commercials and advertising once you lean toward women who are in the workforce now in abundance, get your iron. But when you think about it, this is not the type of iron that you want to be consuming. This is not natural occurring iron like in fruits and vegetables. This is added and it's literal fragments, microscopic almost, fragments of real iron, like you shave off your uh, your hammer or your tools or, or some part of your car's engine or something. This is placed in the cereal. I mean, it's like, why? Why would you do that? Well, most people are in a hurry these days, going to work. Now, as it was in the past, more people worked at actual locations, but this paradigm shift that we are in now, a lot of people working from home, but still, I think the process would apply. You're eating breakfast cereals quickly because you're running late. You got to get online. You got to get in the car and go downtown. And this iron in your blood on a consistent basis, day-to-day -day basis, is making you a receiver of, of waves in a stronger multitude and amplitude and frequency because your whole body now becomes this iron enriched antenna receiver and now that you're online you're closer and closer to those Wi-Fi waves and it's just another way to make you unhealthy it turns you into a microwave hot dog almost you know? <laughs> but anyway I just thought I'd share that thought with you on this uh, control narrative and certainly with all this talk of control we must talk about the singularity of personal control and that's where we get the description of a control freak an interesting meme i was able to goog and find someone who is out of control or has gone too far intentionally destroying or sabotaging necessities stopping someone from doing anything in life or with their own life controlling what someone says or does in general and blames others for their own actions another definition says a control freak is a person whose behavior indicates a powerful need to control people or circumstances in everyday life. Did you know the negative impact of a cold and controlling parent still affects people well into their 60s? Psychologists equate it to the level of damage caused by the death of a loved one. Another interesting meme says there's nothing wrong with being a control freak as long as it's your own words, activities, opinions, and life you're controlling five signs that someone doesn't care about your feelings they make it seem like everything is always your fault 
Your feelings are seen as drama. They don't ask, how are you? You constantly feel lonely. You're afraid to criticize them to avoid any argument because you know it will end up being your fault. If there is someone in your life that you can't speak the truth to and you walk on eggshells to avoid upsetting them, you are being controlled or manipulated. Once upon a time, there was a girl who didn't know how to handle pain. Pain meant needing control. It took her a while to realize things in life happen for a reason. So, one day, she decided to take life as it comes. What you allow is what will continue. Did you know a person's anxiety can be a direct result of their parents' behavior? Though high anxiety is partly genetic, children are more likely to be anxious if their parents openly criticize them, doubt their competence, are controlling, or are emotionally cold to the point that researchers analyzing a child's anxiety have been able to predict their mother's behavior before ever observing it. Thanks, Mom. Ten things you can't do with a narcissist. Have friends. Enjoy intimacy. Find peace. Share good times. Be guaranteed of success. Be comforted. Find your true love. Reach consensus. Hear truth. Reach your true potential. And it could only be fair to mention what to do when you're feeling like you're being controlled or there's something that you can't do to help you stay in control. Here's an article by Lifehack, Joe Gifford. He is considered a design guru, writer, founder of a dexterous diva and the Killer Content Academy. He has an article, Being Kind to Control Freaks is Being Cruel to Yourself. Why? Because I said so. She wanted you to tell her exactly where you'd be going every day and what time and with whom and always kept her posted. These people could be your partner, your friend, or your family member. Dealing with control freaks is not fun at all. No matter how much they mean well or their heart is in the right place, when all said and done, a control freak in your life is a toxic force to be dealt with. But what is a control freak exactly? Control freaks are usually perfectionists who feel vulnerable to anything uncontrollable. The term control freak is a psychology related slang. It describes a person who wants to dictate what everyone does and how everything is done around them. People who have an extremely high need for control over others are considered as control freaks. Control freaks are often perfectionists who attempt 
not to expose any of their inner vulnerabilities by making sure everything around them is under their control. We have come to the conclusion of episode 16, Control Freaks, and I hope that you have enjoyed and learned a few things on this podcast. My name is Art Stemmel. Thank you for joining me this time around. It's been quite some time since we've done one. been kind of busy with other projects, and I hope you've enjoyed some of the parody songs that we put up there for you. Uh, yeah, I'm looking past over these uh, two types of control in this podcast, the governmental or religious or entity-based control over mass versus an individual over an individual or a small group of people. Do you see any similarities? Do you see any uh, contrasts? Please comment on this episode, and you can do that on the link below on the platform that you choose to listen to this on. If it's podomatic.com, that would be clickhere.podomatic.com. There was a, a nice little place there that you can click that says comment and leave it and type it up. And of course, if there is any comment on that, I will be doing a separate audio response on Stimmel's Dremel. And uh, do appreciate your response on that. Another thing to keep in mind if you'd like to uh, contact me here on the podcast is to use our email address, which is clickherepodcast at gmail.com. Also, we are a Patreon recipient of support if you would like to click on that link as well and help us out a little bit with some of the expenses. But certainly things are not out of control here at the studio. And once again, I do appreciate you tuning in and listening. Share this with your friends. Let everyone know that this is where you can go to click here and not be part of the herd. Thanks again, and I will see you next time. Until then, be careful what you click on, but always listen in and see if you can hear anything you can use. Thanks, Art. If you have any comments, they will be addressed. Until the show blows up and there's not enough time. Thanks for clicking and hearing. See you next week. Thank you for joining us live on the air. My pleasure. One nation under God has turned into one nation under the influence of one drug. Television, the drug of a nation, breeding ignorance and feeding radiation on television. The drug of a nation, breeding ignorance and feeding radiation. TV, its satellite links are United States of unconsciousness. Apathetic, therapeutic, and extremely addictive. The methadone metronome, pumping out 150 channels 24 hours a day. You can flip through all of them, and still there's nothing worth watching. TV is the reason why less than 10% of our nation reads books daily. Why most people think Central America means Kansas. Socialism means un-American, and apartheid is a new headache remedy. Absorbed in this world, it's so hard to find us. It shapes our minds the most. Maybe the mother of our nation should remind us that we're sitting too close to the television. The drug of a nation, breeding ignorance and feeding radiation on television. The drug of a nation.